It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And the millennial man is Jared Patel of Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan and Fat Stack Sports. Comments and questions can be sent by email to 3 Pod at gmail.com or hit them up on social media at 3 Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500-square-foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our community. They're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them most. With unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Welcome to episode 141 of Three Point Podcast. We are less than two weeks to the election. Please vote. Our partners include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, and Z92.5 The Castle. Well, we finally made it. We're going to have Big Ten football coming up this weekend. I can't wait. And a week away from MSU and Michigan, we're going to get into that a little bit. We'll talk about the Lions. Hey, break up the Lions, right? And we'll have a little entertainment tonight for you as well. Before we get to the guts of the show, though, I want to tell you about Advanced Elevator. They have the best trained professional field technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located with headquarters in the heart of Owasso, an area business leader, and a longtime huge support of the Corona Public Schools and a proud member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce. Hankard Sportswear is the area's go-to clothing and more printing business with many loyal customers. The Hankard Sportswear team prides themselves by giving a good product at a great value, 100% guaranteed to satisfy your expectations. Owasso Crun and St. Paul School Spiritwear in stock. And uh, let's just give them another little bit of an ad lib plug here. We're working with them here to provide some swag to our great sponsors down the road, Rivals 
Tap House and Grill, and uh, we're going to have some koozies and some other things, and we're going to start the giveaway coming up this weekend for the big uh, Big Ten opener with uh, Michigan State at home against Rutgers and Michigan the Nightcaps. That's kind of a cool thing. Anybody wants to go out and have some fun at Rivals, you can maybe get some free stuff too. Yeah, it's never a bad thing to go catch some football, especially since we've been waiting so long for Big Ten football. Grab some grub, grab a drink, and go home with some free swag. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a great deal. Well, let's break it down, fellas. Where do we want to start? The Big Ten's back. Michigan, Michigan State back in action coming up this weekend. Uh, I know college football hasn't quite seemed the same without the fans in the stands, but at least we have football. Is it going to change at all with the Big Ten? What are you guys thinking? I don't know about you guys, but as ironic as it sounds, this past weekend with the Georgia uh, and the Alabama game, which should have been, which, I mean, not should have been, it is basically the biggest regular season game of the year. So maybe it's the the time I turned it on, but if you can imagine, I was waiting for this game all night. I've been kind of waiting for college football to really kick back into gear. Like, this is the game that I was like, this is when we are back. This is when we're officially back. This is when college football is going to feel like it always has. And I turned it on, and it's Alabama. It's the lights are, it's like strobe light in the tunnel. <laughs> And they got the music pumping, and it, I think they have like fake crowd noise or some sort of thing like kind of pumped in. Where I was like, "Oh wow, like this feels like a legit like prime time college football game." Then they run out, and you realize there's no one in the stands. And I don't know if it was something about the game. It was kind of it wasn't the most exciting game, but it just like it really depressed me. It made me go like, "Wow, this is what we have to look forward to. Like this is the tippy top of college football this year," and it really just did not get my juices pumping whatsoever i don't care if nick saban is on the sideline after we didn't think he was going to be due to covid but it just didn't do it for me i don't know and it's kind of sad because i know we got big 10 i gotta get all riled up for michigan minnesota but it's just that's where my head's at right now yeah i on in in one way i agree with you it's not quite the same for sure without the fans there without the bands the cheerleaders all that extra activity you know the game day with all the people around them you're right it's missing something but i won't go quite to the extreme that i was depressed you know it's still football it's still a good product out there i'm very very glad it's back it's missing something for sure but uh it's still it's still a good product and i still enjoyed it yeah i'm not pointing a finger just specifically at you jared because I've, I've seen a lot of people say that but it's kind of like crazy how i don't know if like cynical is the right word but maybe just like what this year has done to us because we've got to remember back in march april when we lost march madness when we lost you know baseball was going away and the nba was going away and all that stuff was happening we were like longing for sports we were like oh my god this is terrible we're being forced to watch tiger king and all these documentaries <laughs> that we don't even care about on netflix we just want sports and now that we're getting sports back, people are. I've seen a lot of people say that. They're like, and this doesn't feel the same. There's no fans. This is boring. I can't even get into it. The World Series has, like, the worst ratings ever on TV. You know, so it's just kind of, like, crazy to look at it that way. Like, we finally are getting sports back. But that's what I was going to ask you guys. Like, I've been texting some friends and stuff, obviously, you know, like getting ready for this Michigan game. And we're like, like, I'm excited. I am, you know, reading previews and trying to get – pumped up for the game but it's still like almost I don't know if it'll be like once the game kicks off that's when it'll set in but still like doesn't feel the same I mean I've been watching the SEC I've been watching Clemson and the ACC and stuff but like it still like doesn't feel like Michigan's playing this Saturday I don't know what you guys think no it, it, it really doesn't and I think part of it is due to like college football like I, I understand what you're saying about how people are complaining a lot about sports 
I we've talked about it a lot on this show. NBA, I didn't it didn't bother me whatsoever not having fans. NFL, it really hasn't bothered me that much. But college football, like the college game day, something about it, it just relies so heavily on the atmosphere. I don't it's just hard to explain. It really does. And just watching that game, the game that I was like, that was the one I circled. Like, this is college football. It's coming back. And it just didn't quite no. have it. And in terms of, of the Michigan, I'm not too excited for this season just because, one, I don't think it's gonna, we're going to be like a super, super good team. We'll be the, the classic Jim Harbaugh, eight, nine wins if it was a regular season, like regular schedule. Uh, but the only thing that kind of gets the blood juices going for me is Joe Milton. And even if Michigan hey, beats Minnesota, hey. it, it, he's I the only thing. It. If he's bad or if he's good, like if he's bad, like you might as well just even if we do somehow squeak out like a ten to three like Michigan versus Iowa game last year against Minnesota, that won't get me excited. Like I need this guy to come out and light Minnesota on fire. That's really the only way that I think it's going to kind of bat me back to I'm loving Michigan, I'm loving college football. Yeah, my only worry on that is weather conditions. Um, from what I'm under- understanding, it's going to be very cold up there. Uh, in fact, they got hit with, I think, five to seven inches of snow yesterday or today. You know, weather could be a factor. You know, It's not a dome stadium they play in. So that's going to take a little, way, a little bit away from at least the anticipation of what Milton can bring. But like you said, if he can light it up, and he's going to be facing a, a very good quality Minnesota team. I mean, this is a tremendous matchup. I'm pretty excited about it. It is opening day. So maybe I'll be a little depressed afterwards. Who knows? But I'm looking forward to it. And I think, uh, you know, the, the the brown jug on the line starting off on in prime time Saturday night, <laughs> you can't have better anticipation than that. Yeah, and you know, college game day is going to be there. And I know maybe some people don't, you know, get as excited about where college game day is. But, you know, that always adds, like, a little bit to it that game day is going to be there. One one quick thing about that. So, when as as long as Harbaugh has been head coach at Michigan, Michigan has been on featured on game day nine times. Mm-hmm. Seven of those times they've been on the road. Wow. It's kind of, like, strange. So it might mean nothing, you know, whatever. But it's just kind of like, cool, we're going to throw Michigan on game day, but let's wait until they're on the road. I don't know. It might, might mean nothing. But, yeah, I mean, I, I am still excited about it, and I'm with you. Like, I know I've been kind of, I mean, hyping up more than you guys, hyping up Joe Milton the last couple of years. I've been more excited about him than Dylan McCaffrey, and now with McCaffrey gone, it's Joe Milton's job. And I, I'm i kind of with you. Like, I, again, I was texting some friends talking about this game and talking about the weather, and we were like, man, is, is this going to turn into – Remember the Notre Dame game last season that Michigan won by like 30? Yeah. Like torrential downpour the whole time. So it was just, I think Patterson threw like four passes the whole game. And, you know, Michigan dominated, so that was cool. But we were like, man, is this weather going to, is it going to be similar to that where Michigan just kind of like dominates on the, on, you know, on the ground, maybe wins a game and that it's just like a ball control game? Okay, cool. We'll be excited to get the win, but I'm with you, Jared. I, I've been excited for Milton. I want to see him go out there and, showcase that that arm talent and the speedy wide receivers and stuff like that that's what i want to see i want to see a win but yeah i want to see something that's going to get me like pumped up to watch the rest of the season yeah it would be so anti-climatic anti-climatic if it's just a rain and snowy game it's already going to be cold it's going to be their first game back they're probably already going to be a little bit sloppy i i don't know guy I, why is it that people we like what is there to get excited about with this michigan team really it's joe milton that's it we have Ohio State waiting for us. We really don't, like, we lost a whole bunch of NFL talent. There's no really big <laughs> change between last year and this year that's going to make it so we do beat 
that Ohio State is waiting for us at the end of the season, how am I going to get excited for this little clash of a couple of second-tier Big Ten teams like going at it? <laughs> it's Ohio State on Tier 1 and then everybody else behind it. Like, what is? Why do we really even care about this game, period? Uh, I, I will say this. Matt and I are definitely the, the glass-half-full guys on this podcast. You are the cynical one, young man, that's for sure. Aren't you excited about your man, Zach Charbonnet? Huh? Good God. <laughs> no, I'm not excited about. I, I really think he's going to take I a step up. The group I'm most cynical about is this quote-unquote speedy wide receiver group. Like, I, I don't know. Who, who, are, like, who are the big names on this group? Like, Donovan Peoples-Jones was the best of the bunch last year, and he wasn't exactly some superstar. I think, you, you know, I, I can definitely understand, like, what you're saying because, I mean, basically since Harbaugh's been there, every season there's a different kind of hype, whether it's the – skill players or then Shea Patterson comes in so it seems like every year it's been like something new to get excited about and for the most part I mean maybe expectations haven't been fulfilled they've been fine they've been good but to me the, the excitement like you're saying what is new this year like what has changed I think it is Joe Milton and I think it's it's, it's almost like boom or bust like either it's going to be another we were super excited for Shea Patterson coming in and you know it it didn't work out maybe as well as we expected. So maybe it goes that way. Or he is going to be that player that finally, like, takes Michigan over the top. Because it seems like, you know, we've seen good defenses when Harbaugh's been there. Don Brown's a very good defensive coordinator. Defense is always strong. Uh, you know, there's good skill players. The running game is always pretty good. You know, all that kind of stuff. It seems like quarterback's been the position that has kind of been lacking. Like, the quarterback play has been okay but not like elite, like a Justin Fields or obviously like a Trevor Lawrence or something like that. So it seems like that's the one thing, I guess, to be excited about. Like, yes, I, I do think everyone's receivers are running like four three forties and stuff like that at practice. The running backs are really strong. Uh, the tight ends are good. Like all the skill players are there. I think this season, whether it's going to be, like you said, another six, seven win season, or if they're actually going to contend and maybe beat Ohio State, make the Big Ten Championship, it's, it's got to be Joe Milton. He's got to be the one yeah. to finally take him over the top. And if, if he's going to be just another Wilton Spate or Shea Patterson, then, yeah, it's going to be another two, three-loss season. Here's the thing that is kind of like we keep kind of looking over, and it was the thing that I used to say when there was the debate on, like, who was going to be the starting quarterback anyway. Guys couldn't beat out Shea Patterson. Shea Patterson was terrible. I know he had a lot of hype. He had the big name, the notoriety, but he wasn't good. He just flat out was not good. These guys could not beat him out less than a year ago. So how is it that he – it's not humanly possible for Joe Milton to make this big of a step where he's going to be a game-changer to Michigan. Maybe, like, he'll be as good as Shea was last year. I don't. Maybe I'm just in a bad mood today. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> when you really think about it, it's like, how good can this guy possibly be? I don't think he's going to burst out of the scene. I really don't. It's not like he's some incoming high-recruit freshman – no, he's a guy that's been on the roster for two years. Clearly, the team has seen him like at practice for two years. The coaches have, and he didn't show enough in two years. Now it's kind of out of necessity. He has to start, and now you're hearing Jim Harbaugh say, "quote unquote," he's ready to play. Like that's not. Even, I mean, like, he wasn't even really glowing about. Maybe it's not just necessity that he has to start. Maybe he pushed McCaffrey out of the job, and that's why McCaffrey transferred. So obviously, this is much smaller scale, but in high school. Would you say when you were a sophomore playing JV that you were not as good of a quarterback as what you ended up being as a senior? So maybe he has just, like, gotten better. You know, he's, he's grown into his body. He's gotten 
bigger, faster, stronger, and learn the offense. It's year two with Josh Gaddis's offense. So, I mean, that's that's what I'm holding on to. As you know, players do get better as they get older, and you know, they spend more time in a system. So that's that's what I'm holding on to. Yeah, and I I, I agree with that. And I also I got to take a little bit offense with Patterson. You know, being terrible. He's not as bad as you make him out to be, Jared. I mean, yeah, was Harbaugh maybe sticking with him to a fault? Probably, but he wasn't that bad. He wasn't good enough, but he wasn't that bad, in my view. Yeah, I think I, it, it's kind of like what I was saying a little earlier. Like, he was good enough to get, like we said, nine, ten wins, but he wasn't good enough to beat Ohio State and stuff like that. So, right. I think that's, I, I think that's kind of what McCaffrey would have been. I think, you know, maybe he would have been a little better than Patterson. I think he maybe would have been just as good. Milton is maybe that, that fire rod or that, that lightning spark or whatever you want to say that might actually get them over the top. I want to see them, these, like you said, Jared, these receivers are supposed to be fast and speed in space. The running back room is supposed to be loaded. So let's see them use all that talent and hopefully – Hopefully, you know, finally beat Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, look, let's uh, let's take a look at Michigan State here in a second. But I want to remind our or want to mention to our listeners, we got some experts that are also going to be chipping in some of their opinions on the Big Ten. So stay tuned for some of that. But let's jump into Michigan State. Head new a new head coach in Coach Tucker. You know, is it the Rocky Lombardi era beginning? They haven't released it yet, but uh, there's a whole lot of question marks in East Lansing. You talk about not getting excited for a season. I understand that it's Mel Tucker's first year, and let's like let's quote unquote see what he's got. But I don't understand how, if you're a Spartan fan, how you kind of get the blood going for this season. Now, I will say I'm very, very worried about Week Two, uh, <laughs> Halloween against Michigan State. We have absolutely nothing to, to win in that game. I'm very nervous. That's the type of game that I could see Michigan State that they've always kind of classically beat us when we're at our highest point. So I'm a little bit worried about that, but I will say, what is like a like we've talked about it before? But what is honestly like a successful season for Mel Tucker? They're they're third in like predictions for like win total, or third to last, excuse me, behind only or ahead of only Rutgers and Maryland. Like, what is a successful season in their book? Especially in a shortened season, I don't know how you can even say they've had a good year unless they beat a Michigan, unless they have some sort of like big time win. I don't understand what they're looking for just looking at their schedule i i think probably four and four if they had a four and four season i mean you know you would think they could i know maryland's improved but they ought to be able to play with maryland they ought this opening game at home against rutgers even though they're rejuvenated a little bit spartans should come up with a win there you know they're gonna be pretty fired up so i myself i think four and four yeah that's kind of where i say like if they four and four because when they play penn state michigan ohio state those teams they're not going to be favored but right, I'm I'm kind of with you, Jared. I mean, I think it's kind of like the whole like D'Antonio used to always play the like disrespect card, the chip on the shoulder. They're they're going to be going into that game against Michigan with absolutely nothing to lose. Like you said, Michigan wins by 40. Well, whatever. That, that's maybe kind of expected. But you know, Michigan might be coming off a big win against Minnesota, or they might lose and they're coming in to make a statement against Michigan State. So yeah, that week two game, it's, it's going to be really interesting. And on Halloween, so you know, it's going to be kind of like a cool atmosphere. But I mean, even without fans. But uh, you know, I think yeah, a four hundred or a five hundred season for Michigan State, four and four. I think that'd be a win because they're like we talked about before. The roster is really bad. Mel Tucker came in late with the whole recruiting cycle. I mean, I guess we're going to see what he can do at a bigger program as head coach. I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised at two wins either. You know, if they just kind of if they do actually flip up against Rutgers or they lose to Maryland or something like that. But 
I don't know. I, I've seen some Spartan fans say, like, oh, we have no expectations for this year. year. Even if they win one game, we're not going to care. And I just think, like, once the season starts going, you're going to want them to win. Like, I've seen people say, yeah. like, even if Michigan beat them by 40, whatever, we, we suck this year. We don't care if Michigan smokes us. Yeah, I, I don't believe that one bit. <laughs> I mean, what kind of momentum would they have if the Spartans start out 2-0 and and then go to Iowa? I mean, it could get very interesting over there. It could be ugly or it could be well, very interesting. You were talking about environment earlier. I saw that Michigan State, you know, obviously not allowing any fans, no cheerleaders, no band, no Sparty, you know, no mascot. So I'm, like, curious what that environment's even going to look like. Yeah, like, I read something that Rutgers is, like, some of their people are saying they're going to be, like, a surprise team in the Big Ten. I don't believe that. But, so that that game might be interesting. Well, it's good. To, it's good. We're going to get Big Ten football underway. I mean, even without the fans, even without the excitement surrounding it, it's it's going to be fun. And uh, I know I'll be tuned in Saturday night for sure, and I'll watch the Spartans most of it. I may depends on how the game goes. May take a little nap somewhere in that game, but uh, definitely be ready to go Saturday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, let's talk a little Lions football here in just a second, but I want to tell you about Sheridan Auction Service. They've always had a wide variety of items and real estate on their docket. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Also, Nelson House Funeral Homes. They Their top priority is caring for friends and neighbors and being right there when you need them the most. See them on the web at Nelson-House.com. And I mentioned it earlier, Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Come on out for high school football on the big screen Friday nights and college and pro football game days. Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona. Hey, y'all. It's time for some Michigan football. This is Don Thomas. I'm with a podcast divided where we're the line of scrimmage between Michigan and Michigan State sports. Michigan takes on Minnesota this weekend. What I'm excited about is what everyone's excited about is Joe Milton. How is he going to come out and take care of things? Um, how is he going to adapt to the new offense? How is the new offensive line going to gel? And and how effective is the, the running game with this loaded stable of running backs going to be for Michigan? I think it's going to be a great game. I think Dax Hill's going to have a great day on the back end. I think the defensive backfield is going to play so much better than what people expect. And Michigan will win 31-21 to to be 1-0 on the season. Go Blue. Let's get excited. It's week one. Hey everybody, this is Connor Muldowney from Spartan Avenue. You can also catch me on a new podcast that my Michigan fan friend Don Thomas and I just created called A Podcast Divided. We air it once a week, on usually on Thursdays or Fridays, so tune in. I just want to give a few quick thoughts on the upcoming Michigan State season. I think the Spartans might surprise some people. I think a 3-5 and five record is likely 4-4 four and four is, is something that's attainable with the winnable games on the schedule. Don't sleep on the quarterback position just because they don't know who it is yet. I think Theo Day and Peyton Thorne are really solid options, and they could give Michigan State hope for the future. Elijah Collins is a really fun running back to watch, and that offense I think is going gonna, is gonna to surprise some people. Good coaching staff on defense is providing some intrigue as well, and I think the Mel Tucker era might get off to a little slow start, but I think momentum will be building toward next season. Hey, fellas, Jack Shield from the Blue by 90 podcast here. Uh, hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all as excited as I am for game week. Big Ten football is finally here, and we've got Michigan football playing the Minnesota Gophers on Saturday. College game day will be there. Uh, night game in Minnesota, going to be a cold one. Um, I know we're looking at kind of 
season expectations. And with Michigan, I mean, there's a lot of talent on the offense with wide receiver. Running back room is stacked. Joe Milton's expectations are out of this world. But we don't know a lot about the O-line. But one thing we do know is Coach Warner's proven. He's developed these guys. And I'm excited to see what he can do with those guys up front. And I think they're going to end up being a stronger group than a lot of people uh, are expecting. Obviously, we know D-line is going to be pretty solid. Secondary is a question mark. But again, Coach Zordich has done a great job in the past. So I'm looking for a solid season. I think 6-2 is reasonable. Obviously, I think Ohio State's going to be a loss. And I think there will be a tough one where we slip up either game one at Minnesota or even versus a uh, Wisconsin or Penn State. But we'll see. Thanks, fellas. Hope to be back on here soon. Well, that was cool to hear from our college football experts and you know, we don't have any pro football experts. Of course, we're all three Lion fans, so that counts us out. But uh, let's <laughs> let's talk of the Lions a little bit. You know, a lot of people all of a sudden are jumping back on the bandwagon, saying uh, they're drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, the Patricia era now will go full swing because of the favorable schedule. You know, I don't know about you guys, and I'm not jumping on the bandwagon, and I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I mean, they beat an awful Jacksonville Jaguar team I and mean, that team was lion-esque if you ask me Detroit played like you would expect their team to play when they're when they're ready to play and the Jaguars suck so I, I don't really take much out of that game at all I think this next week with the Falcons that's gonna be a little better test no I definitely agree and I mean we know that Jared didn't watch the game <laughs> right so anyone anyone that watched that game Lions and Jaguars just jackasses, right? <laughs> Got to go to red zone, they right? Are. Here's the thing that, listen, I'm all about watching. I will watch the, I'll watch action on Tuesday nights. I don't care. I love football. I'll watch it anytime. But why in God's green earth when you got the Cleveland Browns versus Pittsburgh Steelers or the NFL Red Zone channel, what in God's green earth makes you turn on two one and four teams and, like, watch them duke it out? Like, they're both horrible. None of them have anything to play for. The Detroit Lions have zero shot of making the playoffs. Like, let's be honest. They're third in the division behind two teams that have one loss. Already have lost to one, like both of them. Like, they're not making the playoffs. Don't get on the, oh, we have a light schedule coming up because you know the teams like the Falcons, the Texans. They are so much better than the Lions. It's not even funny. They just have had a tougher schedule. So why are you wasting your time watching that game? You guys know maybe you watch parts of it. But there's no shot you sat there and watched it from start to finish. Well, I'll jump in. And, again, I completely disagree with, with what you're saying. <laughs> and, you're, and you're right. I have done it forever. I am a Lion fan, good or bad. Maybe it's ridiculous. It's one of my wife's and my Sunday things. If the Lions are on, we're watching it from start to finish. Even when it's a blowout at the end, we usually keep it on. So, you know, I'll flip it over on commercials to the Browns and Steelers, but uh, my TV is locked in to the Lions game, and that's just the way it is. I'm an old, senile guy, maybe. I'm, a, I'm just ridiculous for loving the Lions, but that's the way I am. I stick by my team, good and bad. Unfortunately, mostly it's been bad. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm with you, too. I, I sat there and watched the whole game. I did get up with about five minutes left when the game was in hand because we were going to hang out with some friends after the game. So I did get up and, like, start getting ready. So I didn't watch closely the last, like, five, six minutes. But I, I saw Jared's tweet calling us jackasses, <laughs> and I said, I guess I'm a jackass because I'm sitting here and I'm watching this whole game. And, you know, I, maybe it is because, like you're saying, I'm going to be like Ted in, in 30 years, still watching every Lions game because I just think, like, I can't tune away now. 
Like I've, I've invested this, this much time, this much fandom, this much, you know, energy and, you know, all of that stuff that I, I've got to watch. I, I'm a fan. So, yeah, I'm going to watch all those games. Now, maybe, Jared, maybe, maybe Jared's a smart one. I mean, think about it. When we talked about the Lions' first game that they just gave away, I, I had clinical depression for about three hours after that game. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I could have cared. I knew that that loss was coming. That's how the Lions operate. Here's, I think, what I think I, I actually know why this is the case that I don't watch it. You know, you hear all the time Gen Zers, their attention spans are so short they can't. You got Ted who grew up literally huddled around a radio. That's true. Listening to these games, so I can understand why his brain is like anything Lions on the TV. He's glued to it. You got Matt on the other hand who didn't grow up with the Netflixes, didn't grow up with the Hulus, didn't grow up with the Red Zone channels. He's watching I don't even know. Californication or, or some something when he was growing up, so that's why he's probably so interested in this. But for me, I got so many things at my fingertips: video games, um, the Red Zone Channel, Cleveland Browns game. Like, what is going to make me watch this team that has a coach that's about to get fired, uh, a quarterback that's on the decline? As much as we love him, uh, really, the only bright spot I can say that I and this is only because I saw it on Twitter is DeAndre Swift had a hell of a game. It's about time. One of these draft picks and one of these running backs showed some sort of life. That is one thing that kind of was like, man, I would have kind of liked to have seen what he looks like when he's running the ball well. He looked good. Yeah. He, he did look good. Now, the Jaguars stink, but he looked good. Right. No, yeah, he did look good. And I do. Th- I know you're just, like, throwing out examples, Jared, but I do think it's funny that you keep referencing the Browns. <laughs> like, the Browns are that much better than the Lions. They might actually be a more dysfunctional franchise than the Lions. I know they got Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham, so they're kind of exciting this year. But you threw out earlier that like the Lions don't get hung up on the schedule coming up because they do have a favorable schedule coming up. And you said some of these teams like the Falcons and stuff have played harder schedules than the Lions. Yeah, but the Lions, you already said that they lost to the Bears and the Packers, who are both 5-1. and one. Uh, They played the Cardinals. So the Lions actually have had a pretty tough schedule early on. And they've got an easier schedule coming up. So do they have zero percent chance of making the playoffs? No, I think it's like five percent, like a five percent chance of if all of a sudden they, I don't know, get on a roll or something. I don't. Oh, remember the playoffs are expanded. Yep, they're yeah they're expanded, and I don't know. I don't really think the Bears are for real. I I do kind of feel like they might fall off. The biggest thing too, and I tweeted it out, you know, from our, our three point pod page. You got to give credit where credit is due with with Patricia. We've been ripping on him. I still think he's. He's not an NFL head coach, uh, but they did make adjustments. They talk, I saw some stats, and I tweeted out that from game one until last week, they've, each week they've played less and less and less man coverage on defense, and they're playing way more zone now, maybe because they saw that their corners aren't great one-on-one corners, and there's actually a lot of injuries on their defense. So maybe they're actually making a little bit of an adjustment. I'm trying to, like, you know, soften this up a little bit or something maybe the defense is actually seeing something but yeah i don't know i'm, I'm not drinking the kool-aid yet though no but we'll take that we'll take the win i mean it was a road win you know they usually don't pick those up so we'll, we'll take but we it we don't want them to win that's the thing you don't want them to win five percent that's what we're that's what we're like rooting for these guys to win football game for that five percent <laughs> chance they make the playoffs like what are we doing we have them to lose I, I rethought my. Th- happy. You guys are like loving this, like a huge win, like road win. <laughs> what? What road win? What? It's the Jaguars. Hey, hey, I have rethought my process on that. Okay, I, I have. I've thought it over. 
they're they're not going to get the number one pick. I just don't. I think there's too many bad teams, worse teams yeah. than them. So they're not going to. They have. They okay, have. Their, but, well, so let's just let's just go for the fifteenth pick instead of the fifth. No, let's make at least a playoff run. Let's go for the playoffs. That's what I. At this point, that team. And again, I'm not going to say I'm on the Kool Aid, but what what are they? Two and they're two and three, right? Two and three. That that's not impossible to get bang off two wins in a row. All of a sudden, you're four and three, feeling pretty good. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. It's not out of the realm of thought. And yeah, <laughs> this is coming from Mr. Diehard Lion, but it's not out of the it's not out of the realm. And I would I would put the playoff picture higher than five percent, at least ten. <laughs> you know, and you know what sucks too is even if say they even they don't make like a legit playoff run, they finish seven nine eight eight. You know, classic Detroit Lions record. Is that going to save Patricia's job? Like, are they going to be able to say, like, see, this was a building block season. We built yeah, on something. We started, we were bad, and then we finished the year strong. So, Duh. not our culture coming in. Like, that's the one thing that I'm like with Jared. I don't necessarily because I do think I, I don't think Patricia is a very good head coach. I don't want him. I don't want them to. Not make save the playoffs, but save Patricia's job is what I'm trying to say. Will seven and nine save his job? I don't think so. Playoff appearance, it probably will. Right? Mm-hmm. We all in agreement on that? Yeah, probably. I just want him to get to seven wins so I can get the big bucks from uh, you know firekeepers. Yeah, I want to get my money so I can rub it in Jared's face. <laughs> <laughs> God. Hey, seven to nine. I love it. Hey, whatever helps you guys sleep at night, whatever keeps. You, apparently, you guys are going to watch the games no matter what. So, whatever keeps it entertaining for you guys, you know it. So, I, I am curious. You know, you're talking about you know having the red zone and all that stuff. What about on Thanksgiving? Are you a uh, you know Thanksgiving Day? You have to watch the Lions, or are you yep. the same way on Thanksgiving? Nope, I, we watch the Lions on Thanksgiving, and I root okay. for the Lions. I don't care if they're zero and sixteen. You root for the Lions on Thanksgiving. I was That's I was going to say if. if if you told me that you watched like a Charlie Chaplin movie or something on Thanksgiving <laughs> over the Lions, I, I might have said that you're you can't do the podcast for a few weeks. If you said that. <laughs> That's see, but here's the, here's what I will I will I, this thought did cross my mind. Like I thought like when I read the Masters, I, it's actually like the week before I believe Thanksgiving. Yes, but if I was like if the Masters was on and the Lions are playing, like I would 100 percent rather be watching the Masters. Now, the thing about the Lions game is it's always on Thanksgiving Day, obviously, like, 1230. And what else am I going to watch? Like, the Macy's Parade? Like, there's nothing else on. So there's nothing to really compete with it. And I'm stuck at my, you know, family, at my, you know, at a family party or whatever. So it's not like I could just turn on whatever I want to watch. No, it's the Lions. <laughs> well, think about America, because they're stuck watching the Lions every year, too, you know. So. <laughs> that would piss yeah. me off. Let's <laughs> say I'm a Patriots fan. Like, good Lord. If you were not a Lions fan... You would 100% be arguing, like, what is the deal with this stupid Thanksgiving Day tradition? <laughs> watching the Cowboys, watching the Lions. Like, let's get this. Let's have this be primetime games. <laughs> yeah. At least, like, at least through the 90s, you know, like, Barry Sanders was there. So, you know, at least Lions were exciting. You had Megatron and Stafford for, you know, a little while. But, right, if you're not a Lions fan, you don't really care about all that. No, not at all. Any other big stories we want to get into at all in the NFL? I know one thing I really enjoy, and hopefully they'll be doing it down the road. It'd be nice if we could have a doubleheader on Monday nights and have an early game. I mean, this week we had the Bills at the Chiefs that kicked off around 5 o'clock. That was incredible. It was awesome. I don't know if you guys watched any of that. Yeah, I was watching a little, but it is cool to have a doubleheader on Monday nights for sure. Also, uh, 
before we move on, I have a little bit of a tedertainment review I want to pass on. But uh, we we still haven't really talked about baseball. And I guess, you know, Matt, you're a baseball fan. Jared's out on it. But the World Series underway. The Rays and the Dodgers were recording this on Wednesday night. Uh, the Dodgers pretty much dominated game one. It's it's kind of cool to watch it in the stadium they're playing in Arlington, but as you mentioned earlier, the ratings are down. But aren't the ratings down on every every sporting event right now? Is there a sporting event that really is getting ratings? I mean, this year is just just nasty. Yeah, and part of that too is you know a lot of people jump on the TV ratings that come out the numbers, and a lot of those numbers they're not taking into account all the streaming. Right. So obviously, a lot of people now are not only like legal streaming, like watching on YouTube TV or Hulu, but a lot of people, and I know, Jared, you probably know about this, a lot of people watch NBA games and football games on illegal streams. You know, like just go to Reddit and you can find illegal streams for basically every sporting event ever. So obviously that stuff's not getting tracked into those ratings. So, yes, you you know, you want the TV ratings to be higher, but uh, they haven't, like, figured out a, like, very specific, precise way to like kind of combine all the numbers streaming and tv so but yeah baseball's been dipping for a long time and especially dodgers like yeah they have a big following but the rays don't really have a big following no no and it's still the games are too god awful long i mean i'm not gonna lie i'm not i'm not staying up to midnight or 12 30 to watch two teams that aren't the tigers i will i do record it and just zip through it in the morning before i had to work but, uh, you know, baseball is still a great sport. I mean, they had two game sevens in the LCS. That was, that was kind of gripping. I mean, if you're a baseball fan, you can't ask for anything better than that. So they still have some things they've got to change in baseball to, to kind of draw in the viewers Jared's age, really. I mean, I don't know if they ever can get them, you know. Is there anything you can think of, Jared, that would possibly bring your age group into wanting to watch baseball? The thing that's, like, was really sad and kind of depressing about this baseball. Remember how it was supposed to be like the Astros, like, like not revenge tour, but the like, let's shit on the Astros tour. You want to hear like kind of a crazy stat? They had only like 23 hit batters this season, which is like the the team that had the most was like I think in the high 50s. They had 23. Hmm. Like I love it how the whole MLB was like they're going to pay for them, like they're really going to pay for cheating. And it just completely wimped out on it. Well, they only played 60 games. I Well, I'm saying compared to the, like the highest in the league was 58. Okay. They were 23. I got you. So it's just, it's just yeah. kind of – that was one of the, the things. Like I kind of thought that was going to draw me in, and then COVID kind of took that away where there was no booing, there was no fans in the stands, so they weren't – they kind of got off scot-free. Mm-hmm. But I just I really don't know what baseball can do. Like I really like the the new like young outfielder for the Padres. Uh, the like what is it Pettit or, or not Pettit? Oh, I know. So much, like I even like this guy. I basically like him because he did a bat play. That right. is one thing that I like. Baseball I've heard a lot is that this due to COVID and like the lack of fans, like the bat flips and kind of the celebrations and like pitchers kind of cheering after strikeouts and stuff like that. It's kind of been swept under the rug, like where normally people would bitch about it because, like, there's no fans. And they kind of just are trying to amp themselves up in a way. That's one thing that I do like, but I just want that to be amplified times 10. I'm not really sure how baseball, like, just the, the, the art of how do you watch baseball, watch a guy throw a ball to the catcher and, like, hit foul balls and stuff, and then have, like, Monday Night Football or something, two guys, like, colliding, like, at 20, 20 mile an hour. Like, how do you watch baseball when you know that's going on on another channel? Right. I just don't understand that. Yeah. 
Well, there, 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 there's that. There's the, the you know the the physicalness you're talking about in football. But the other thing is, I call it the butt factor. I mean, three hours, man. You got to be out in three hours. The NFL's got it figured out. You watch an NFL game, you know you're getting three hours or maybe a little bit more. Even college football sometimes, you know, they start dragging into four, four and a half hours in a college football game. That seems a bit much. But uh, yeah. three hours for a fan sitting in front of a TV, getting up every once in a while, I, I think that's the sweet spot myself. And baseball's, I think, one of their biggest problems is just the pace of the game. It is the national pastime still, you know, but – you got to pick it up a little bit. They tried to make some rule changes where pitchers have to face three batters when they come in. Okay, helps a little bit, but uh, you you got to get a major league baseball game in three hours, three fifteen, to 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 make it viewable. In my opinion, it's just yeah, now a tune in, tune out type of thing. Yeah, you got to speed the game up for sure. And you know, definitely, I, I don't know, Jared, are you talking about uh, Tatis with the? Pop yes, is? yeah, he is. Yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, he's he's a star, but that's that's kind of part of the problem. Is like. I mean, and I know we've talked about it, and everyone's talked about this before with baseball, is promoting their stars. Like, Mike Trout is potentially one of the best players ever, and he's only made the playoffs once. And I've seen people say, like, if you saw Mike Trout walking down the street, would you even recognize who he is? And I think most people would probably say no. And, like, you know, with Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw, I think most people know that name at least. But, you know, then it's like Mookie Betts is, is probably the next big star. And I, if you don't watch baseball, I don't think many people would even really recognize him. So that's one thing the NBA, even the NFL, they, they do so well. I mean, even golf, even like NASCAR has been doing better with it, is promoting their stars. And I mean, I think most people, they wouldn't even know who some of these baseball players are. Yeah, well, and that's that's a perfect example, Matt. I remember when I used to be just a complete baseball fanatic. I mean, I, I knew the players inside and out on the Tigers, of course, but pretty much every other major league team. I knew all the starters, all the better players on every team. Uh, that's not the case anymore by any stretch of the imagination. I'm watching this Tampa Bay team. I hardly know anybody. Yeah. And I think that's what they're losing a lot in baseball. You know, you talked about NASCAR doing a good job. I want to just throw this out there real quick. Uh, Eric Jones here from mid-Michigan, he just got a new contract. He signed uh, to drive the number 43 car for Richard Petty Sports. You know who Richard Petty is, don't you, Jared? <laughs> Yeah, and I yeah I knew him. Uh, like, and you're talking about Eric Jones. You yeah. Know, are you giving the whole oh Byron born and bred speech, even though he went to uh, Swartz Creek High School and like went to Swartz Creek School? Well, I knew you were going to say that's why I said Mid Michigan's Eric Jones, but that must have been cut out at that point. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. I mean, <laughs> how many kids from our area, you know, make it big in NASCAR? Drove at Owasso Speedway. Who I don't care if he's from Flint, Swartz Creek, Byron, uh, Durant. I don't care. He's from our area. You got to give him that. Yeah, it's cool for him to be driving that car too. No doubt. All right. Well, listen, we'll uh, we'll finish the show with some potpourri and some tedertainment. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you the CoronaConnection.com. They know it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. Also, we're recording here at Z92.5. We're local and live, upbeat variety of music from the 80s to now. Also, home of the Castle Game of the Week every Friday night at seven. And uh, you can catch the castle online at Z925.com. Advanced Elevator Company, they have expert field technicians for troubleshooting, repair, and installation of elevators. An area business leader and a longtime huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools. And Hankard Sportswear, they're the area's top clothing and more printing business. Located in the heart of Owasso at 116 West Exchange Street. Follow them on Facebook at Hankard.Sportswear. 
All right, I want to jump into a little entertainment. Uh, you know, uh, I know Jared's not a big fan of Hubie Halloween, but on Netflix, I, uh, I decided to check out the new release uh, starring Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Now, have you guys seen uh, clips at all for that? Do you, do you have any idea what that is about? So wait, you're not talking about, are you talking about Borat? Not talking about Borat. Talking about The Trial of the Chicago 7. I, I know I've heard no, about I'm, it. I, I'm honestly not familiar with it. That's well, that's that's cool because it's, this show is a generational show, and this this took place in 1968. And the reason it's relevant nowadays, with all the all the social unrest, you know, the riots that we've seen in Portland, hell, they're probably still going on for all I know. Minnesota, all these other places where they've had, uh, you know, U.S. citizens on the streets protesting. Well, back in '68, there was a, a group of radicals. Uh, hippies and, and other young people in college, uh, they decided they were going to protest the Democratic National Convention in Chicago. Well, Chicago was run that at that time by Mayor Daley, and he was, you know, he was basically the dictator of Chicago. And he caught wind of it, and he geared up all the police to make sure that they stopped these protesters. Well, anyway, this this movie on Netflix, it's it's about that trial that took place, and. You know, I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was 93% by the critics, 92% by the audience. So you would think it's really good, right? The, the Ted Fattel rating, I'd give it on our three-point podcast, I'd give it two out of three. I'd, I'd put it kind of right there with Hubie Halloween. I mean, it was okay on the historic. It was okay on the historical content. I mean, Sasha Baron Cohen, which I'll talk about Borat in a minute, I thought he was definitely miscast. He played the lead radical guy, Abby Hoffman. Hoffman, back in 68, was 32 years old. Cohen, he's pushing 49. He's almost 50. And, and he, was, he, was, he was rocking a terrible Boston accent. Also, the script is not up to Aaron Sorkin's you know, normal, tremendous writing. I just thought watching it was okay, like I said, on the historical perspective. If you guys watch it, you'll pick up on kind of what it was like in the 60s and what was going on. But uh, I didn't think the script was that good. And uh, if you want to spend a couple hours watching a movie, do it. But I, w I wouldn't give it the highest ratings. With Sasha Baron Cohen, is it, was it kind of like a comedy? Or was it actually like a, you know, like a historical uh, depiction of that uh, situation. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like a, it was like a, a, a true depiction of what went on. He played this guy, like I said, Abby Hoffman. He kind of had his look, you know. And Hoffman came from Boston. These these guys in the late '60s, these the, the the party he led was called the Yippies, the Young Youth People or something. And uh, he was he was pretty funny. He was a funny guy, uh, but uh, it was it was pretty much handled as a straight docu movie, if you will. The, yeah, you got what I would call duped by Rotten Tomatoes. Whenever there's like some a movie that's like like unbroken or some, like a movie about like a historical event or something like that, immediately nobody wants to be that guy that like downvotes it. So it ends up with like a 93 rating, mm -hmm. even though it's really not that good of a movie. And yeah. So that's something you always got to keep your eye on when you are on the Rotten Tomatoes. Act. Yeah, and I, I will say this, Jared, I'll be perfectly honest with you i didn't even look at rotten tomatoes until after the movie and like i said i was disappointed somewhat with it and then i looked at rotten tomatoes and go wow i don't know what these people watch because it wasn't the same thing i saw so 
you know, usually you get a pretty positive uh, review from me. It seems to be the way it is. But this one, it just, it was missing a few things. Uh, speaking of Sasha Baron Cohen, though, I am looking forward to Borat, and I, I am looking forward to reviewing that down the road. The first Borat came out in 2006, and, and this one looks like it is just as good. And you, you both have seen his movie, right? The, oh, yeah, the yeah, original? Yeah. When the original Borat came out, you said 2006, so I was just a couple years into college. Mm-hmm. That was the, everybody was walking around campus, everyone was going to parties, everyone was going to class talking like Borat. I mean, it was like, like that movie. Yeah, that movie, Chappelle Show, uh, Old School. There's those like few movies that, you know, you think about, it kind of takes you back in time, um, you know, when you watch it. Like when that movie came out, everyone was talking about Borat. It was hilarious. Yeah, and I know Jared likes to get on me for my uh, television spending in my HBO, but, uh, you know, the first time I saw Sasha Baron Cohen was when he had the series on HBO, the Ali G show and it, Borat was one of his characters on that show amongst others and it was it was just brilliant if you ever get a chance to watch it on YouTube or something I, I definitely would recommend it it's hilarious so uh, yeah here so obviously 2006 you were just a, a young little chap have you seen Borat or Ali G have you seen yeah. all his stuff yep not Ali G I love Borat I've seen Borat probably four or five times with my brothers great flick freaking hilarious but the thing that's funny about that show or that movie is like the fact that no one knows who Sasha Baron Cohen is, Cora Cohen is, and like Borat character, <laughs> and it's like kind of the it's basically almost like a like a jackass type thing where they're kind of messing with people. So like I wonder how they're going to be able to handle that. Are they going to have to do a lot more takes like to get it right because everyone's going to realize who this guy is? It's like Impractical Jokers. Like when Impractical Jokers first came out, like nobody knew who these guys were. Now I feel like there's no shot. Like people don't recognize those guys wherever they go out public i definitely wondered the same thing with the second one i was like i mean obviously not everyone knows who borat is but i was like man walking around like people are going to recognize who this dude is and pick up on his skits but i don't know apparently not if they made a whole movie again yeah i mean there's a lot of people in this country and not every one of them knows who he is and he was able to find them and i like i said i'm really looking forward to it and i think he even delves into a little bit of uh political stuff again and i think i saw something that rudy giuliani is involved in it so it'd be interesting to see i will say this about with the election coming up you know he did uh they did try to do something ollie g tried to you know pull a prank on donald trump back in the day trump had nothing to do with it man he didn't put up with it whatsoever and he walked out and he said well have a nice day he didn't buy into it at all so he's one of the few that i've seen that was able to get away you know instead of answering his questions so yeah, and he still, he still kind of brags about that, too. He's like, I'm one of the only ones who didn't fall for one of his pranks. Well, that's a true fact, true fact. And also one final thing here in, in, the, in the world this week, uh, you guys probably don't know who Jeffrey Tubin is, but you probably may have seen uh, how he made the news this week. Did you catch that? Is this the, uh, the Zoom call? Yeah, Jeffrey Tubin is, uh, is an attorney who's a, a legal expert. CNN has used him many, many times. He kind of made a name for himself back in the O.J. trial days. In fact, O.J. dissed him on Twitter this week. But Jeffrey Tubin was on a Zoom call, and for some reason he thought he, thought he turned it, muted it, or turned it off, but it was still on, and uh, he, uh, he went right to town on himself on camera. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I saw that. I don't know how I missed that one, but I, uh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. What was it? It was like Wednesday or something, and you know that came out, and 
it was or well we're we're recording on on Wednesday, so it was just a couple days ago. A couple days ago, yeah. It came out, and uh, it, you know sometimes you go to Twitter and you click click on what's trending, <laughs> and like the trending thing I saw was Zoom Dick, <laughs> and I was just like, I have no idea what I'm about to click on, and yeah, sure enough, but yeah, he said he thought the camera was off and just like what well first of all like what are you doing anyway why are you doing that no but it, it made me think like you have to wonder if this stuff has happened more obviously he's a big name but with all the zoom everything that's been going on the last eight months you gotta wonder if stuff like this has happened more well you might it makes you wonder uh, you know who was on that zoom call that turned him on so much that he had to pull the pants down and go to town <laughs> i mean i don't know that's pretty strange <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, guess, I guess we almost have to leave it at that. I kind of don't want to, but. <laughs> yeah, you might want to leave it at that one. All right. <laughs> oh, oh, here's another one. I'll just throw this one. Maybe we'll, this will be uh, food for thought. You know, we do have the election coming up, boys, and uh, it's our right. It's, we have to vote. Now, I've already voted. Matt, you voted, I think, this week, didn't you? I did. Yep, got it done. Jared, have you voted yet? Or are you intending to? Uh, yep, I got the, the ballot right at my house here, mailing it in. Very good. Well, here's a thought I had. I, I heard it on another show, and I thought it was a pretty neat idea. Um, the person that I listened to said that, you know, it would be time, if you're in the military, you should get two votes. You should get a vote for being a citizen and a vote for being a service person. And I thought, well, you know, that's kind of an interesting concept. You know, when you're serving our country in the military, would that be a good idea? Any thoughts on that at all? I mean, yeah, I, I guess that's interesting. I, I, yeah, I've never really thought about that, but, you know, maybe you just wonder why why they should get two votes, and I'm not saying, like, what they're doing is more or less important than any other citizen of the country. But Well, well I think it is more important. That's why I think yeah. they, they ought to have two votes. I mean, they're serving our country. They're putting their lives on the line. I mean, I... So essentially, they would they would just vote for whoever gave more funding to the army. <laughs> That's one way of looking or, at it. Or you'd have to wonder. I mean, this popped into my head if people would start to join, like say Trump was running again, so they would try to get a ton of people to join the army who are going to vote for him just so they can vote twice for him. You know, you wonder if stuff like that would happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not a proponent of it. I just thought it was kind of interesting. We're throwing out there, I guess, to end the show and get off Jeffrey Tubin. That's all. <laughs> yeah, don't watch saying uh, get off in that name. Yeah, I, th- I was thinking the same thing when I said it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap this thing up, fellas. Just uh, everybody out there listening, follow us. Let our partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, Crenna Connection, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, and Z92.5 The Castle. Speaking of The Castle, the next Z92.5 Game of the Week is coming up this Friday night. It's New Lothrop at Chesanine. Uh, Jared making his play-by-play debut. And I got to tell you, I have never seen so many sponsors for a game that have hopped on board for this one. So uh, it's, it's going to be awesome. I also want to thank our college football experts who helped us out here today. And I just want to say thanks for everybody tuning in. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel. Thanking you again for supporting Three Point Podcast. And remember, get out there and vote. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ MidMichigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, 
or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.